1: Welcome back, two hours down, one hour to go on the Jay Retro Show. One of our favorites, Greg Lanelli, pre and post for the Lightning Lightning Power Play Live. Does everything full of lightning. Greg Lanelli, what up, brother? Jay, it's an honor to be with you on a Sunday. It's an honor to be with you at all times, why wouldn't it be? Um, that's our little that's our little joke, folks. So if you guys are like, "Why wouldn't it be?" What what does that mean? Um, it's uh, I appreciate you coming here today. I know you were at Carl Hagelin's wedding last night.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Carl Hagelin, I'm sure did it
1: up. He did, man. He was looking sharp with the suit. Of bunch of he had a bunch of he had a bunch of NHL players from like all the different teams at his wedding. I'm like, this guy is an all star game at his wedding. <laughs> well,
0: how about he? How about he showed up to the awards? award ceremony with uh, Crosby and just kind of hanging out with the cop, and it's kind of like they were like, well, why is Hagelin out there with Crosby? And they were like, well, because, let's see, he wants to have a good time and he's single. Yeah. I mean, maybe at the time, you know, I
1: mean, come on. Duh, of course, of course. All right, big signing with Andre Palat. Uh, now everybody seems to be wrapped up, man. Do you see any other big moves before training camp, or is, are they pretty much done?
0: You know what? I, I would think they probably feel pretty good about their roster heading into training camp, and I think you know, the one position that's going to get focused on a little bit is going to be the defense score. But, you know, the way I see it right now with Girardi in the mix and with Cuckoo and Dachin and Sergachev all, you know, jockeying for a shot on that roster, and I think all three actually will be on the team. You know, I think that's probably an area where maybe they want to see how that plays out. And then if they feel like they need to make a move, Maybe they do that, you know, during the season, but I don't know. I kind of felt like they didn't need necessarily to get that top four defenseman and mortgage the future. Mm -hmm. I think they really value their prospects coming through Syracuse and the junior ranks. And I always felt like even if they got a top six defenseman, Jay, that should be enough for them to solidify the back end and, you know, make a run in the playoffs, hopefully. So, Unless it's a disaster on the back end, I can't see them doing anything until, you know, we're 30, 40 games into the regular season.
1: And you mentioned the the defense. I mean, where do you stand on the whole Dan Girardi signing? Because a lot of people are down on it. I, I looked at it as one of those things where you're not bringing them in here to be a top-line D-pair guy like he was with Ryan McDonough all those years when they were trying to chase Cosby and Ovechkin around. You're bringing him in for some senior, some veteran leadership, and a guy that can hopefully stabilize a line with either a young guy like Cuckoo or somebody like Schuster. Yeah, and
0: I think you bring up a good point, and I think that's the issue or the question, the debate. And I think you can actually throw Chris Kunitz in
1: there too, Jay. I
0: I think if if Girardi and Kunitz play – where we think they should play, meaning Girardi, fifth or sixth defenseman, Kunitz, ideally a third or fourth liner, then I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling me is going to play in the top four and Kunitz is going to be one of Stammer's wingers, then I think there's, there's an issue there of those guys being overexposed. So, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying with the top six defensemen. I think that's what Girardi is. And I think in his career, you know as well as anybody, there's a lot of wear and tear on his body, blocking shots, being physical. But I think his best, I think where he fits in best with this team is being a fifth or sixth defenseman, killing some penalties and maybe playing 15, 16 minutes a night, probably same with Chris Kunitz, because I think you want those guys ready come playoff time. I don't think you want to overexpose them during the regular season. So that's my take on it. I think if they're taking on bigger roles, that's where I can see people having – a bigger issue with the signings, but I think if they're slotted where they should be, I don't have a problem with it.
1: Talking to Greg Linelli, Game Day host for the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network, host of Lightning Power Play Live, one of my favorite off-air conversational people to hang out with for sure. Um, And talking about the contract with with Johnson and Palat and then seeing what Drew Ann signed for in Montreal, I mean, what does that tell you? If they're giving that money to Palat and they're giving that money to Johnny, and they didn't want to give that money to Drew in, it, it was that relationship worse than possibly what was led on at the end of last year? I think,
0: look, I think on the surface people could look at that, what you just said, and say yes. I think they felt like for them to get that top four defenseman, Jay, which we just alluded to, it didn't happen with a, a name that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. But in order to get that top four defenseman, they had to give something up in value. And you know this, everybody in the National Hockey League now values prospects so much, maybe more so than we've ever seen, especially since the cap era, mm-hmm. because teams need to grow through their farm system. And so the only way Montreal was going to give up Sergishev was to get Druin, who I think is going to be a point-per-game player in the National Hockey League. Um, did they sacrifice some offense? For sure. I mean, I think Jonathan Druin is going to be a dynamic player in this league. But if Sergishev ends up being in the top two, then... You feel better about that trade. So I think for them, it was more about Drew was their best asset at a position where they had some depth that they could let him go and bring in a player who fills a void, who fills a need at a position where, you know, some would have said coming in that they're a little weak. So I, I think that was the thought process there. You know, whether there was other things to that, Jay, you know. Um,
1: we may never know. We may never know, right?
0: Yeah, we may never know. I mean, you know, clearly John Cooper
1: and, and
0: Jonathan Jones, you know, I think they wanted him to be a little bit more responsible defensively. And, look, Andre Pallott and Tyler Johnson are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I think that's how they looked at it. But I think it was an opportunity for them to acquire a stud-like defenseman.
1: Let's look at the two teams that were in the Stanley Cup final this year, Pittsburgh and Nashville. I mean, one of the big things that I have saw – was uh, Nick Benino kind of switching sides and heading over to Nashville? I mean, what do you think uh, of those two teams and the moves that they made to try to uh, get back to the Stanley Cup Final next year?
0: So, with Nick Benino and Jay, you follow the hockey closer than most. The guy was a very clutch performer in the yep. playoffs, but in the regular season,
1: yeah, just...
0: didn't didn't do much. No. You know what I mean? Didn't mm-hmm. do much, and um. For what he got, I and mean, that's what happens in free agency. Oh, yeah. Teams overpay. Mm-hmm. And I think Nashville's going to quickly realize, especially if you have Nick Menino slated as your number two center, guy's not going to put up a ton of points. And I think that's where Nashville needs to get better offensively. Um, in terms of Pittsburgh, you know, there was a lot of, you know, conversations about getting reused from St. Louis to address you know, some toughness on that team. I don't think that's a huge deal. What people need to realize, I think, on Pittsburgh's end is that they need to go out and trade for a center, a yeah. third-line center. They don't have one. I think they're hoping Matt Cullen comes back. It's, I think, between Pittsburgh and Minnesota. I think a lot of people you talk to in Pittsburgh felt like Cullen, there was a 75% chance he was going to retire at the end of the year. I think that might be down to 50 or 40%. But I think they need to trade, Um, for a center who they give up they've got an abundance of left wingers Connor Sheary's name has been thrown around a little bit but they also have two guys coming through their minor league system Daniel Sprong and Zach Aston Reese that they're really high on that I think at some point midway through the season you're going to see them on Pittsburgh's roster which will give them fresher legs and I think that's going to help because playing as as you know as long as they have the last two years you you need new legs you need fresh legs you can't that's one of the reasons why they let Benigno, Benino, Benino daily, Hainsy, those guys a lot of wear and tear the last two years, you got to get younger, you got to get fresher.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, especially we say that they got to get that third line center, remember a couple years ago when they had Jordan Stall and you know, he was a, that dynamite, he would have been a a first or second line yeah. center when he was young, you know, coming up, and then they ended up trading him for Brendan Sutter. And he kind of fit in very well, you know, penalty-killing role, and then Benito filled in right. Sure. So you're looking strong up the middle, you're key. And uh, speaking of being strong up the middle, a lot of people were clamoring for Brian Boyle to return to the Bay Area. But he ends up signing, to me, what, what to me was a surprising deal going up to New Jersey. I know he talked about, you know, his affinity to play with a guy like Corey Schneider. And, you know, they made the big the big trade last year picking up Taylor Hall for – Adam Larson, mm-hmm. was, did that move surprise you at all? Because I, I just thought that he would probably go to a team, I, I thought maybe stay in Toronto, maybe go for a team that's a little bit closer to the cup because that metropolitan division is thick and it's going to be tough for New Jersey to make it a, make it to the playoffs in that division.
0: Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know if, just from what I've read, I don't, I don't even know if Tampa made him made a, made a serious offer. I don't they think they did, no. All, which maybe speaks volumes as to where they were they were headed with their, their mindset. I mean, I, I, I was on record. I, I thought Brian Boyle was a really good player. I think he's underrated. I think he can be a really good fourth-line player, but I think you can move him up and play in a top-six role every once in a while. And he's got on the power play when he got some opportunities. I just think he's uh, – you need more Brian Boyles on your team. I think you, you win championships with guys like that. That being said, I think for Tampa Bay, I think they have an abundance – of third- and fourth-line players now. Yeah. And when I throw Chris Kunitz, Ryan Callahan, and then you talk about guys like Gabrielle Dumont, Yanni Gord, and then just everybody we saw last year be brought up. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be okay there. I think they have enough veteran leadership on the bottom six that uh, not signing Brian Boyle isn't going to be a huge deal. But good for New Jersey. I mean, a guy like that certainly is going to show those younger players how to be professional. And like I said, the guy can play wing, he can play center, and play defense too it's not a bad guy to have on your
1: team play defense in a pinch for sure all right buddy at the end of every one yep. of our interviews you know it's time for the 10 count 10 ca- and then questions in 60 seconds are you ready
0: oh boy let's go all right hit it Pat. it's time for the 10 count all
1: right what's your go-to breakfast
0: uh oatmeal with bananas
1: which sport are you the best at playing uh baseball who scores the most goals for the bolts next year one guy to take a penalty shot in the entire league. Uh, this is, he has to be playing right now. Yes.
0: Um. Braden Point.
1: Last movie you saw in theater?
0: Man, you asked me this last time. I I don't know. I haven't been. I I got a kid.
1: I don't know. What the last <laughs> I there, name, on, n- name you mess up the most?
0: Name that I mess up the most. Oh boy. Uh, well, I know a lot of people mess up my name, so we'll just use that.
1: Cutest thing your daughter does right now?
0: Uh, when she walks real fast and then immediately wants to play in the grass.
1: And <laughs> I'll, I'll help with Favorite beer? Uh, Blue Moon. Nice. All right, you you only got to eight out of ten, man. But it's okay. I asked you. Oh, cool.
0: We don't even we don't even finish about it out. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was uh, I was being judged here. And that Did was you? a disgraceful
1: performance. <laughs> I'll give you the last. Right, I'll give ahead. you the last two. One word to describe Dave Mishkin.
0: Dave Mishkin, competitor.
1: Yes, and last one. Your favorite TV show growing up? Did I ask you that one too? Uh, favorite TV show growing up? I guess not. You didn't. Yes. Um. That's tough man. I mean.
0: Do I say Dawson's Creek just because that was, you know, when I was a teenager?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know? I know. I had to Did you have, a, did you, did you have a crush on Joey Potter like I did? Josephine Potter? Katie Holmes? You know
0: what? She she, she she. listen, there was no doubt she was cutie pie, but I think it was more about Dawson's mom who was pretty hot, right?
1: Yes. Go ahead. Pat's got something for go you. that route. Greg, I can't I'll let you get away with saying that Dave Mishkin is a competitor without explaining about his competitiveness because – as a from the outside looking in, I don't know Dave really well. He's amazing. I would have gone with maybe explosive. He doesn't strike me as a real competitive guy. Give us a little the insight intensity. into that. He's intense. At the
0: intensity. The intensity. You know, I have Dave on frequently on my show, and he just gets right into it. He's going to give you his best answer every single time. It's like Mike Singletary with those eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I love that. And I love that about him. And that's why I have him on once a week, and you know, when, when there's a goal scored, and I'm sure you have some highlights, oh, yeah. just play a Kucherov goal. Just play a Kucherov goal. That's all you need to know. Intensity, competitor. And That's what I love about him.
1: And the best thing about it, too, Greg, is that he can't replicate that off air. No. Like, at all. No. Like, he, no. they asked him when the NHL was putting it together, when the Lightning made their playoff, their run in the Stanley Cup final, they were like, hey, just do it on cue. On and he's like, I can't do it. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I, I can't do it. It's just It's hard. Life. Yeah. Which
0: you know, which you know, it's not fake. It's not passion. at all. There's, yeah. I mean, I, I almost want to get a Kucherov ringtone, the uh, Michigan call <laughs> on my phone. I think maybe we can make that happen. What do you
1: think? You could definitely make that right, happen. Guys. And thank you, Greg, for coming on the show today and making that happen. Greg Linelli, game day host of the Tampa Bay Lightning radio network, host of Lightning Power Play Live. Follow him at Greg Linelli, an L followed by two N's and two L's. Greg, thanks. I love it. You like that? Say hello. You, say hello to the uh, to the misses and the little one. All right. Oh, I will. I'll see you around. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy